Hello everyone, this is Trevor. I'm joined here by Brandon and Caden, and we're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Rowdies' most recent match against, um, it was, jeez, I'm drawing a blank. It was, Caden, who was this? It was Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh. I, excuse me, I'm, I'm already brain dead. I'm sorry, y'all. But um, Pittsburgh, obviously number one in the East, and this is a team that already beat us earlier on in the season. Uh, Dick Waugh scored in the first three minutes. Not and Matt, Dick Waugh, yeah. No, yeah. it was Dick Waugh first... It was 32 In that first game? Oh, no, no. The no, first this... game, it was... It was the, oh, in the first game, he scored, I think, yeah. at the three-minute mark, but Somewhere then he does it again, yeah. like, early even, on. Even sooner. Yeah. seconds. And, I mean, one thing about him is, like, even in the episode last week where I was talking about this team, and he is probably, like, besides maybe Cal Jennings, he's probably the best number nine in the league. Maybe uh, Cicerone, like, C- excuse me, Cicerone, he's pretty good, too, but uh, he's just... He's been amazing for Pittsburgh this year. I can't take anything away from this team. Leading candidate in Golden Boot. Not going to change to the end, I don't think. No, no. Uh, everyone, everyone else who's close to him need, now needs three goals to pass him up. So. And now Pittsburgh, after this week, is 19-5-9. and nine. Their goal differential is 21 points, 66. Um, and games played, 33. And, and What's they, the goal differential? Goal differential 21? Yeah. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. 66 could be better. But, like, it just shows you how gritty the East is, in a sense. Like, well, obviously, this is USL Championship League, everyone. If you're a Premier fan or a Serie A fan, I mean, you're not going to see, like, those kind of team stats you do in those other leagues. But when you're talking about, you know, the USL Championship League, I, I would say that they're on, like, a very, very good season right now. They're having a very good season. They've, they've allowed the least amount of goals in... In the East. Yeah, in the East. They're the second most in the entire league. Yeah. So, and that, that says what we, exactly what it says. Kept a clean sheet against us, one of the most prolific teams in the league. Now and they're on a five-game win streak. Exactly. Not, not slowing down going into the playoffs. Full head of steam. And even last playoffs, you saw they upset. I forget who they upset in the playoffs last year. But they were number five seed. Oh, no, they almost. They almost upset Louisville City. And Louisville City scored a last-minute game winner. Against oh, well, them in the playoffs. They might have something year. similar because Louisville is the fifth seed this year. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's going to be the one, one seed. Might be a yeah. little bit flipped the other way yeah. around. Yeah, might be. That'll but, be interesting. But um, we did have our best opportunity to beat yeah. this team at Ao Lang. We had 7,400 people in attendance. This team, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, is only 6 4 and 6 at, you know, at away games, 13 1 and 3 at home. So, the, you know, with them kind of clinching up home, home pitch advantage in the playoffs, this is a team that I do not want to play. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we we aren't going to play them at the beginning. Yeah, but, but honestly, if it comes down to that, and well, I think we're the best team in the league, and if that two nil two nil loss does not change my mind, I just think that we were in a you know bad headspace. But when it comes down to it, we are the best team in the playoffs in the East by far. It just we have to shine through. And I was talking about this before the podcast. We were thinking about like, who we faced if the end if the season ended right now. And the person we're lined up against is none other than Birmingham Legion, the team that swept us this year. And last year. And last year. Mm. I think four times in a row Crazy. they beat us. Mm. I, don't, no, I don't think so. I don't think they swept us last year. I think, I, I remember them. I don't think they did. Okay, well, they don't even have a winning record right now. No. Yeah. But they are a gritty team, and if you play a protective, you have a good crowd backing you up. But they, say that. they crushed us. Like Even like that first, first game, one of the first games of the season that we even went to, Enzo Enzo Martinez is their one of the strikers' names. That guy's a dog. 
his little ponytail. He's a dog. Well, they kind and of they are just like shit on us every single time we we go up against them. They're in a sense kind of when they play us, they seem to do what Pittsburgh does. I like would just say I would say their their formation, possession. their formation. Now even no, no even in that other game, they they crushed us. They were they were on our asses all game long, trying to find chances to score, twenty four seven. Whenever we would get in there, we would always blunder because of a last second mistake, and that's what it comes down to on defense too. You see, time and time again, guys not marking their man. Forrest Lasso not marking Albert Dick, Albert Dickwa. Uh, and then even in the second goal, and I don't know who scored it. Who scored it? It was Orden Ordenes. I don't know who that is, but Lasso left Ordenes to go and pursue the ball, didn't mark him. Uh, Jake Arman had the chance to run in behind him. His defensive prowess is not there. And then he just, Lasso just gets megged right through his legs and they pop it right past Connor Sparrow. You see, our defensive intelligence has suffered ever since we lost the mastermind in Neil Collins. You see our guys making these uh, just questionable plays time and time again, and that's what leads to our demise all the time. It's not because, you know, we can't uh, defend amazingly because we do it all the time. We show that we defend great. It just, those one time, those special occasions is what they capitalize on. So special occasions is where we don't do good in. That occasions where you need to do this or else they're going to fucking score, they don't do it. They don't do it. Lasso will do it every once in a while because he's fucking Forrest Lasso. But it's that one slip-up that loses games. And well, this chance was those two slip-ups. Well, I, I personally, I, I can't blame anything on Forrest Lasso. I, I just legitimately... I, I that was, it's it was, a, it was a bad game. It was, it was a bad game for him. Well, a bad again. Game, bad, 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 horrible play. It was a horrible play that he made on Abadikwa. Horrible play. Horrible. I just, I just, I think that he's still solidified himself as a man that just cannot oh, he's the best make defender. mistakes. He's like the... he can't make mistakes. We saw him twice. Four, he's he saw him twice last night. I didn't see anything. Um, <laughs> no, but you did mention a name that I did want to get into real quick, and then Brandon, I want you to kind of take it away. Sorry that we've been kind of uh, talking our asses off over here in a sense, but Jake Otterman had a really bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a guy I've been high on. I think he has a really nice left shot, like left foot shot when he wants to take it. I think he has good balls, like control. Like, and, yeah. and I think he can be utilized, like especially on the opponent's sat, like half of the pitch. Early, I've seen it. Yeah, earlier on in the season, I made the the um, the contrast, the comparison between him and Rade Krunich, a guy who plays for AC Milan. They look the same. They play the same. They make the same mistakes. And it's the reason why Krunich was benched. These past couple past couple games, it's the reason why Armin was hurt even before he was hurt. He was benched. He got hurt in training. Well, he's been kind of coming off the bench all year. Yeah, yeah, but he but he's been and he had those those stints where he was start because he's a safe player. You know, he makes those those moves that you needed to do. But when it comes down to being, you know, over the top, he doesn't have that. He's that plug and play. Do this, he'll do it. You know yeah, what I mean? no, I agree. He, he doesn't have individual brilliance at all. But with the yellow card he received in the 50th minute, and then obviously that defensive blunder that kind of put us back 2-0, uh, it was not a good performance by him. And I'm going to still be hopeful on him because, you know, it's a guy I've been high on. I got to, you know, I have those receipts, you know. I can't just take that shit back until, like, it's, like, irrefutable. I haven't seen anything that just screams, this guy can't fucking play. But he does have those kind of immature, you know, stints and transitions and, Especially, like you said, on defense. He does lack awareness on defense. And, yeah. Um, and you said it perfectly. The communication with, you know, the guys, our guys not marking 
their offensive mm-hmm. players pushing and pressing was just ultimately I think that's another thing that every time we play this team they just play so fast bro yeah. Dequois is just so good bro that I, is, I shout out to him it's also a big difference when you're looking at different levels of soccer you see more and more even in the MLS you see it all the time with Messi you know why the fuck isn't anybody marking Messi at all because he knows that they're not going to mark him so he's going to play a play style in which you don't mark me you're fucked you know what I mean and you see guys, you see teams all the time, like Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They're taking advantage of the fact that guys don't know how to mark in USL Championship. They're taking full advantage of Well, it. I wouldn't say they don't know how to. They're just not being like... No, I would say that a lot of them either don't do it, they don't care to do it, they forget to do it, or they just flat out don't know how to. I mean, it's it happens not, so many times. I will say this, like, we still see good defensive play yeah, from yeah, our yeah, team yeah, without marking. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not some game changer, but... Oh, it is, though. It, it, is, it though. can be. In situations like this, it was a mistake, but... So I'm not going to say that we never do it. I'm not going to say that everybody doesn't do it. But when it's, you don't do it, you get fucked. Like those and small... Exactly. It's, it's those two times that you don't do it, two goals. It's those small details, in essence, that, I mean, you see at the highest levels of the game... Like Premier or Serie A or mm-hmm. you know uh, Bundesliga or uh, all those like leagues over there mm-hmm. across the pond, they like pay so much attention to the details because the advantages and disadvantages that come from them and are huge. But in American soccer, like you pointed out, it's very I, I don't want to say like flashy, but it's an attempt to be flashy, and it it, it ultimately leads to less points, and we not, see that in the MLS. I wouldn't even but, say it's like an attempt because why would you attempt to not mark players? It's just it's just a different skill. That's all it is. It's just like, mm-hmm. you see, if you watch football more than you watch soccer, you know, you, you see, to make it in the NFL, you have to make those little things. You you don't, you don't hold, you don't jump, you know what I mean? Yeah, you the go, penalties. You catch the ball, yeah. you catch the ball every single time it's thrown to you, you catch the ball when it hits your fingertips, you know, all this different, so you don't miss your tackle. So in like essence, for people that don't watch soccer out there, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's a couple people listening to this episode that aren't really, like, too knowledgeable on the sport. Um, this is a play in essence that exactly. should always be done. This should is be executed every single every time. transition, every defense. single time. Okay, and those are big game changers like that. Which tiny things that comes down to, I in my opinion, coaching. But yeah, Brandon, exactly, yeah. before we continue to talk everyone's ear off, I, I would like your opinion on not only this match, but you know, give us some you know, uh, give us some takes on our players and maybe some of the Pittsburgh team uh, as well. Yeah, for sure. I'll uh, I'll start off with. Honestly, I have kind of fallen off with covering the Rowdies once NFL started, understandably so. But I've, I've been doing my due diligence just to sort of catch back up on the storylines and the stats and the highlights here and there. But I have i haven't been able to catch a live game recently, but that will change come playoff Play, time. It's playoff time, man. We can't miss it. I can it. assure you. Um, but what's still st- catching my eye is that even though we lost 2-0, this Nicky Law type of play is still dominating the possession side of things. We finished this game with 71.6% of the ball. Mm. We had 13 shot attempts, five shots on goal, and we just weren't able to execute on anything. Yeah, imagine game. losing 2-0 with 76% possession. Or yeah, least, I mean, yeah, that's not and that good. just, once again, they got out to a fast start. I mean, it can't mm-hmm. be any more faster than scoring in the first minute. Seconds. And Dikwa, again, I think one of the last times I was on a Rowdy's episode was before the last time we played them back in August, and I was talking about Dikwa. Yeah. And we needed to shut down his big Dikwa. Yes. And I did not sir. shut down his big Dikwa. No. And no, not at all. His big Dikwa is still there. It is. Unfortunately. They swept us. And it was there It was there a lot sooner this time. Yeah. So, 
I, that's one, something that, that does worry me. One could argue he did kind of come a little faster. Oh. You know, yeah. you know, than than the previous. I would have expected link. that out of Caden. <laughs> as as you all know out there, we are um, degenerates here yeah, at Team Time Reports. You know, but sorry. <laughs> but I mean, I'm looking at us to bounce back this week, this weekend on the road in Louisville before we come back home for a playoff game, and we need to get that momentum started and ride that momentum into that playoff game. And I'm not really sure what the plan is going to be when we have Leo Fernandez coming back. We have Cal Jennings up top still. We have J.J. Williams up top. I say J.J. gets benched. Oh. I say J.J. I, I feel like you were on the J.J. Right train all year. I, I was. was. The one that was I was. Of... And honestly, that's the reason. Like, I love J.J., but to me it's all about form. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And Cal and Jennings has been in better exactly. form. Exactly. He, he legitimately went from... The person who I, who was, not even that I think, he was the main problem with our entire team the first through the first four or five weeks. He comes out of nowhere, becomes sometimes in, in my in my opinion, like you said you've seen me type into the group chat, Cal Jennings is the best player in USL championship. I honestly think he started tuning into this podcast and heard me start saying that he needs some playing time over JJ exactly. Williams and he showed mm-hmm. that to the coaches and yeah. now here we are. I maybe, think, maybe I think and that's, what that's true. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you Cal Jennings. <laughs> Cal Jennings, if you're out there listening, somehow, some way, some shape, or some form, you're a legend. Uh, and a St. Pete slash Tampa Bay and honestly, one, icon. One thing that he didn't have when he was in shit form mm. was the Padawan braid. Mm. He had the Padawan braid. He plays with the Padawan braid now. And now he's scoring goals, looking like the best player in USL Championship, looking like a good protege uh, or, or uh, sidekick. To Leo Fernandez. Yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. Like maybe the guy that's mentoring him right now, as as he's been getting healthier throughout the season, was Leo Fernandez. And so hopefully, that's... hopefully we get the dual striker set up with both of them because before, you know, in the past five seasons, we've seen the matchup be uh, Leo Fernandez and Sebastian Guanzati. And you know, Sebastian Guanzati always had that flair to him, always had that goal scoring prowess to him, could assist. It could do everything quick, you know what I mean? And then you just have Leo Fernandez being Leo Fernandez. We could see that matchup kind of come into fruition again. In the maybe playoffs. Not, maybe not as good, because that Sebastian uh, Guanzati-Leo Fernandez matchup was deadly. It was one one year where one had 22 goals and the other had 12. Mm. <laughs> Insane. That is crazy. Crazy. In 32 games. Mm, crazy. Um, but like, when you, like you said it perfectly, like if they are able to kind of get this going and Leo did get subbed in and Brandon I know you kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit um because this is a guy you have not seen play I'm not I've heard a lot about but I've not been able to see him play so I'm excited just more so happy for him that he's able to actually be healthy again and be able to be back in shape and informed to get back on the pitch even if it is a sub it's still Leo Fernandez former league MVP at yes. our disposal that mm. We can just put right next to Cal Jennings. 21 our goals last score. Yeah, 21 goals. Cal Jennings has 17 this season. 10 assists. And well. like I said, back to this Louisville game, we just beat them 2-1 to one last month. Cal Jennings had a brace that game. So I'm sort of hoping and looking for more of the same to sort of tailor back on that momentum that I was touching on that we need to have going into the playoffs. And is, is it top seven that makes it? No, top eight. Top so eight. eight like, so we, can we, can we actually be playing... Seven, what are yeah. we? Yeah, we're going to be playing Birmingham, and they clinched up. Yeah, which is why I'm saying that we need to lose this next game. 
if you guys actually, I'm going to pull up the standings real quick, and we can actually just talk about this real quick. I'm glad you brought this up, Brandon. But in the East, as it stands right now, at one, it's Pittsburgh, two, it's Tampa Bay, three, it's Charleston, four, it's Memphis, five, it's Louisville, six, it's Indy, seven, it's Birmingham, and eight is up for grabs between Miami, who's on a four-game winning streak, and Detroit, who is somehow hanging on when they're two and three in the last five. Honestly... It, you said Bex, you saying we need to lose this game. It's not going to matter because we're locked in at second, and Birmingham can only move up to six. Are we Indy. locked in? So oh, we are locked. Yeah, in. we yeah. we, we punched up. We're six points clear of Pittsburgh, and we're four points clear of Charleston. So we're yeah, locked in at second, matter. win or lose. Oh. Birmingham can only go up to six if they win, and Indy eleven loses. Birmingham will leap Indy eleven into that six spot, and we'll play Indy eleven. But right now, it's slated to be Birmingham. And sure, before the fight, you made me think it was like a two-point margin. Well, no, genuinely, I, I no, like I was saying, like I think we're pretty set in stone on on Birmingham. But I was talking about before the pod was the Miami and Detroit. That's close as fuck. If you look at their points, forty-one to forty. Mm-hmm. I know their goal differential is quite yeah, d- different, wild. but that is close, bro. And and Detroit's been shit. They've been shit all year. I haven't even heard of Detroit once since I've started oh, we shit on USA. Every we time shit we play them, them, we just destroy them, bro. Mm. And it's it, they're they're they bottom tier. Now Indy Indy 11's playing San Antonio, which is two number number two in the West, and they're still fighting for their spot because from second to fourth in the West is just separated by one point. Birmingham's playing Charleston this week, so Indy 11 is where Sebastian Lanzati went. Okay. After the but, a cool little story. Speaking of the West, we can go over their standings real quick. At one, it's Sacramento Republic FC. Just they've been number one over there for a minute now. Yep. Uh, San Antonio FC at number two. Orange County SC at number three. San Diego Loyal SC at number four. At number five, it's the Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC. What a name! Yeah, um, Phoenix Phoenix Rising FC at six. El Paso Locomotive FC at seven. New Mexico United at eight. Those bottom three teams for the West are fucking terrible. So I don't expect much if we do have to face them in that kind of promised it's, land. It might be possible that a rising a rising might might emerge. I'm not gonna lie because the the two I'm pretty sure two of their their goal scorers well, are in the Col- top five goal Colorado scorers. and Phoenix are actually playing each other this week this weekend, so that's mm. gonna be interesting. Mm. El Paso is playing Oakland. That's gonna be interesting. Wow, there's a lot of matchups between people that are teams that are fighting for playoff spots in like the bottom eight of the West. Because mm. there's a team sitting in 11th right now, Rio Grande Valley. Yeah, they have 40 points. If I don't think it's, it'd probably be like a 0.5 percent chance of happening, but they could still mathematically make the playoffs mm. in the eighth seed. Which yeah, is if they, have, if they have the head-to-head over New Mexico, and they which, would have to score a shit ton of goals though. Because literally, goals well, if they if they have, do they do they count head-to-head more or goal differential? Goal differential. Even if they get swept in the season series, I think it's goal differential. I've always thought it's goal differential. I don't know, but if that's the case, then they don't. But yeah. if they can still get up to forty-three points, then Oakland and Monterey Bay, New Mexico can all lose. Then Rio Grande Valley would leap them and tie New Mexico. But I'm just diving into my. Imagination and yeah. storylines. This could much, happen. It could happen. We can also take a look at real fast. The Las Vegas Lights FC only have 19 points. I, I, I saw that. They have 19 yeah. But points. is that as bad as Hartford Athletic with 18 points? But do you no, know, no, no, no. Do you know no. who uh, oh, was borrowing for the Las Vegas Lights last season? Cal Giants. Cal Giants. 
That's why we got him over here. It's a cool name, cool vibe, cool team. Terrible pitch. Cool, Terrible cool, stadium. Cool jerseys. There's too much going on there. Yeah. Like, over there that nobody gives a shit about USA and, soccer. And honestly, that's the main reason why people don't, in my opinion. The production value on TV sucks, and, and the I pitches think, of a lot of these clubs are terrible. Honestly, I think leagues like this should base their organizations in more rural and... Not more so rural, but just not like major markets and big right, cities. Like St. Pete is perfect. Yeah, like smaller markets with... More uh, of like a growing. community type of, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Austin, like, like Austin, Texas. A, a USL like team is never going to succeed in Las Vegas. No, they, there's just too much going on right there with the whole casino thing. The Raiders. You have the Raiders. You have the Vegas Knights. You got everything going on right there. A team in New York probably isn't going to succeed, or like no one's going to care about a team in New York. Is there a team? In they're going to. They're going to no. They're going to try and find. We're like, a fucking soccer. But, but you don't be. see NFL teams in Hartford. The Cosmos. Or, the Cosmos went under. So yeah, really there you go. You don't. You don't see that. NFL teams or these big major professional sports leagues have teams in Hartford or Rio Grande Valley or Monterey Bay. You know what I'm saying? So it's like these are more like the household names for these lower type of leagues. Yeah. And I agree. Teams like the Las Vegas Lights are just, it's just a waste at that point, you know? And don't get me wrong, it's not even like Hartford or like Loudoun United are good teams. Like, they're very young teams, but yeah. like historically terrible seasons this year for some of these clubs. But um, getting back into, I guess, our predictions for the final game of the 2023 USL Championship League season, uh, where the Rowdies travel up to Louisville and take on um, Louisville City FC. And honestly, it's going to be an interesting game. I that we're going to be playing at Lynn Family Stadium. I can't imagine this being a good pitch. Actually, I don't think it's. I don't remember it being. Actually, no, no, no. I think this is the one that's absolute dog shit. I think this might be a, a baseball park. Oh God. So it's going to have that little cutout. I think that's what it is. I think okay. if I remember right from the playoffs last year, I think that's what it is. And I, that's we talked about it. That that lowers the quality of the league, in my opinion, probably. Yeah. Dude, dude, one of the games that we played. Uh, Jan Ecker like kicked a block of uh, of that shit out of the ground, and he had to put it back in himself. He oh, bent man. over, picked up the the square of sod, and had to pack it back <laughs> down himself. That's great, like dude. Someone's gonna get like someone's gonna get Aaron Rodgers out there, bro. Yeah, you never know, uh, and that's the scary part about that kind of shit. Is someone's it? gonna get Kenny Galladay, bro. <laughs> but um, moving into this game at seven thirty p.m. On Saturday, October 14th, the Tampa Bay Rowdies do obviously take on Louisville City FC. Obviously, like I said, at Lynn Family Stadium. Hopefully, it's not the shit one we're thinking of, but there's a very high chance that it is. And obviously, if you're a Rowdies fan trying yeah, to watch it on cable, it probably don't even try. It's going to be awful coverage, the commentators and the... No, but if you if you like your club, you have to watch. It doesn't matter. Honestly, bro, like, I would just be getting the live updates on fucking fuck online, that, bro. bro. You gotta watch nothing like watching your club. Bro, if it, dude, Emotions if it was like that one high. game where the actual broadcast kept skipping in and out every yeah, two seconds... Yeah, I fucking no. kept it on my fucking phone, bro, even though it Awful. was horrible. But I had the, the, the passion pumping the, through my blood. I can't lie, I still watch that game too. But let's go around here. Brandon, what are your thoughts and predictions on this game, the last game of the season? I think we get by with a smooth 1-0 victory. Okay. Nothing that's really close and gritty. Um, I think it's one we get out to an early lead and just sort of cruise the rest of the way. And I think Nicky Law brings the boys out here ready to go. as a nice tune-up for playoff time. And I'm looking at this Louisville City team. They're just very, very mid. 
They're bottom seven in the entire USL championship in scoring. However, they are top five in the East and goals allowed. The Rowdies are top three in the East and goals allowed. So it's going to be a battle against two really good defenses and one very shitty offense and one very good offense. So I think that's what sort of gives us the upper hand and allows us to prevail. Like I said, I don't think we're going to blow them out of the water and just light up the stat sheet. I think we just have a nice, controlled 1-0 win. Okay. And Louisville City did win the East last year. Mm. They had that momentum coming into the season. I think they might have lost some players, but they do have a one they, kid on their roster. They must have, because they don't have one goal scorer with more than with ten goals or more. Well, the wonder kid is not a, a forward. He Winder. His last name is Winder. Elijah Winder. Yeah, he got signed. He's getting. He's leaving after this season. He's fifth on their team and with goal scored with three. Oh, but he's leaving to Europe this season. But he's, oh. he's, he's, he's oh, a yeah. defender. So okay, so he's like a he's like a left back or he's something. Not, he's a defensive mid. I think. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool that at least they got some young guys getting million, some call-ups. Like million-dollar transfer. 20 Damn. years old. Like when he was like one of the first million-dollar transfers in uh, U.S. history. Yeah. Has, that's pretty uh, cool. 17 starts this year. Good for him. Shout-out to him. But, Caden, get into your predictions for this upcoming game and, honestly, like um, I said, the last game of the 2023 season. I'm going to say 1-1, but I do hope it's 1-0 for Rowdies. Uh, I say that... Um, and Wade Winder did... Did have a good game against his last last game. I'm gonna say that, but um, I I don't know. I feel like some of our guys, like like uh, some of our pivotal guys, like JJ Williams, not been performing ever since that hat trick. It's just been like mid, you know what I mean? Straight up Middington, and I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So I don't think we're gonna have those those amazing individual performances if we start him. So. I do want us to see a little bit of Leo Fernandez. I don't think he'll get that goal, but I do think that Jennings will get his goal. Last goal, last game of the season, last goal of the season. Why not? You know what I mean? And uh, I hope Leo will get the assist, but I, I think it'll be Doherty. I think Doherty will get the assist coming off the wing, kind of. Okay. I personally think we're going to win 2-0. Um, I think Leo Fernandez gets his first goal of the season after coming back from injury. Assisted by another than no other than Jake Ottoman. I think he's gonna have if a nice rebound. Starts. No, I think he'll come off the bench probably. This this goal is probably gonna be late, and then I imagine the first goal from the Rowdies is probably gonna be from Cal Jennings. He did get the brace on this team prior, um, so I imagine he has someone's number. Yeah, get a hat trick on him for the season. Uh, we need to sweep this team, and we need, like you said, Brandon. We need to have some momentum going into the playoffs. But um, anything else you guys wanted to touch up on? All righty, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning into this Tampa Bay Rowdies coverage episode with Tea Time Reports. Make sure you are following us on all of our social media platforms at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, all that good stuff. We really appreciate all the support and shout out to Brandon for doing a lot of work on that TikTok and it's it's paying off. Did you just say follow us if you like Bunda? I think you've said that every time you've been on the podcast and I think if you do like Bunda and you're out there, and especially Rowdies. if you like the Rowdies. Because that's pretty much everyone. Somos Rowdies. <laughs> Somos Rowdies. Forza Rowdies. Rowdies for life. Somos that's all. Bunda. It's almost Bunda. Somos Bunda. But uh, seriously, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, you know, kind of match recap and you know, overall coverage going into the final game as well as playoff you know, kind of talks. But we will talk about the playoffs a lot more after this Louisville City FC game. But let's go Rowdies. Let's hope they win. Take this care, everyone. Looking at porn on his phone. No one is looking at porn. He's looking. If Justin Fields counts as porn, I guess <laughs> then that's that's something. But 
Um, again, thank you everyone for listening to this Tampa Bay Rowdies match recap episode. This is Trevor, Brandon, and Caden signing off. Take care.